All right. So I think the first thing that anyone who watches the podcast, um, if they're a religious listener, not that there are many, will obviously notice that there's a different name, different look to the podcast itself. And I think that's why in terms of names, if there is names for this thing, it's called New Beginnings. And I've obviously got Imola here. So maybe if you know me personally, um, you'll definitely know who Imola is. If you're from the long distance relationship community, you'll know who Imola is. And um, long story short, actually, there's not actually a long story short, but there's just the story itself is that Imola is the person that does a lot of work when it comes to my podcasting in terms of editing, in terms of production, in terms of posting, in terms of, yeah, she does a lot. In terms of this role that she has in where it comes to the podcast, I don't think she has much of an option because she's my girlfriend as well. Uh, my better half, the person that has also motivated me and told me to start doing something with my voice at the end of the day. And she's obviously got an interesting story. She's also starting, I guess, her new beginnings at the moment. Um, we are obviously apart. I'm in South Africa. And that's also been a reason why there's been a delay in terms of posting and putting some stuff up recently because um, I have just moved back to Port Elizabeth. That was happening, obviously, the, over the last two weeks. And it actually happened yesterday and everything set up. And we also have new equipment. Um, very new equipment um it's actually going to be a game changer and it was just almost perfect timing especially after i guess last week's podcast or the last podcast which was um the last podcast i think it was uh do you provide value and it was really a question it wasn't just a podcast itself just to speak about a random thing it was really a question to ask myself is whether i am providing value in this podcast and in doing so in doing some reflection and discussions and Obviously, the normal day-to-day -day chats with Imola, it came to a point where I think we both said that we need new beginnings, not new beginnings as in to start over, but yeah, we need to get to a point where we re-evaluate what it is that we're doing, look at how we can do it differently, because obviously it was nice that we had started doing some stuff, we got into the rhythm of things, we learned a lot actually, but it got to a point where I think it was either we were going to not stop per se, but I think it was just a, a nudge to realize that we even ourselves were not happy with what we were doing. Um, we knew that there could be another level, not that it's easier to go to the next level, but we knew that, yeah, there's another level to it. New beginnings. And obviously Imola is also how she actually got roped into a lot of these podcasts as well as actually comes from the background of her filmmaking. And she's actually decided to actually really take it seriously. She's obviously been skilled. She's been learning a lot of things over the last two years, where she's really been doing this. It's, she's been filmmaking as long as we've been dating. So obviously, she's also decided to take a new step. And she's just published a brand new video. And obviously, this is not just me being a boyfriend saying that it's the best video she's ever done. But literally, it's the best video she's ever done. And it even took a while for her to do it. And I think it's just because she really know what she, she really knew what she wanted to do. Yeah. So in terms of new beginnings and stuff like that for the podcast, what it, what it means is that this is going to be the last ever name change. It's gone from brain dump. It's gone to in the company of men for three days. It was four men podcast, three or four days. And now it's back to, I think something that we've always spoken about in terms of 
you know, putting your name on something. And I think there is obviously a bit of fear that comes from putting your name onto something because you feel like if it fails, you also fail as well. But I think it also at the same time, putting your name to something makes you a lot more accountable for it, meaning that you are able and yeah, you put your name to something means that you are going to be responsible to make sure it's better than something or a side project at the end of the day, because there's a bit of pride that's attached to it. So this will be the last ever name change. It's now the Nana OS podcast. <laughs> the reason Nana OS is because not a lot of people can um, pronounce my surname, even though Imola can do it, actually. She can actually go ahead and and tell everyone how it is that you pronounce my surname properly. So your full name will be Nana Kwaku Uwusu Setre. And that took me uh, not even a long time, really. I think, I think my dad was very eager to learn it, and he asked you to send a voice note at the time. And since then, he was practicing it. But I think he's quite close now, so that was quite funny. As he actually tried again, I haven't actually heard him say that except for the time that we were on the video call one time. Yeah, no, he does sometimes. He, he, the one time he got it, and then he's back to Sekier, whatever, and then he just loses it. So it's quite funny. <laughs> so in terms of new beginnings and um, your filmmaking journey now, and our, I won't say your filmmaking journey because obviously you will be doing a lot of my films um, in the future, especially when you come down here. Um, you obviously plan to come here in June if all goes well travel bans aren't too much of an issue and they actually let you out but what exactly i would say changed for you why is this a new beginning for you in terms of your films and the films that we're going to do in the future so the new thing is that it's much more gonna be cinematic short film kind of style so i've been watching a lot of videos from a lot of YouTubers, especially guys who YouTube and they have quite some following and they have great footage and amazing short films and they explain how they do it. And I was very inspired, but also very scared and intimidated by it because I don't have the newest equipment. I don't have this cool, you know, a DSLR or like this huge camera I don't have I don't have mics I don't have lights I don't have you know I don't have all that stuff expensive gimbals and I guess it took me quite a while to figure out that you don't actually need all that stuff so I start following a guy named Mark Bone on YouTube and he is actually really trying to explain that you don't need that stuff so go sit in front of a window and and, and how to make cinematic style videos. And he really takes you through the process. And that really has helped me to start this video, the one I published today. And I think I started journaling, what, four or five weeks ago, if not longer. And I journaled for like, yeah, maybe two weeks. And I tried to do the video like three times and I still wasn't happy. But then eventually I was like, okay, let me just put the audio. Well, I, I, vid I took a video of myself while speaking 
whatever I was writing down. I was like, okay, let me let me just put the audio in my Final Cut Pro and just start putting stuff over it because the thing is I didn't want to see myself speaking into the camera. I really wanted to use B-roll to make it more cinematic, to make it more that you, yeah, that, that, that people really feel the story, get into that story. And that's what I tried. I, you know, it took me, it, it, I think it took me four weeks to put all the, all the things together. So the footage from when I was in SA, before I met you, from the Happy Deal the school, when we went on adventures, when we had to say goodbye or our long distance, footage or our gym footage or our running footage or our other exercise footage food literally everything we did in the video there's footage from for over two years so that took me quite a while to figure out where it was and what I can use and yeah it it it, it does also feel like a new beginning because now I put this one out and I already feel motivated to make another one and um journaling again and I think that journaling is always good for me not just for me I think it's good for anyone or for everyone but you just need to make time and sit down and enjoy the silence I guess because that's also another idea I have is that really in silence I've not you don't feel better, but you get more ideas because you're not distracted the whole time. So when you journal or when you shower or when you cook, it's really nice to, you know, have music in the background or listen to a podcast or something. But it's also very good to just have that silence there, you know, that your mind can just go. No, so um, when you say that, it also makes sense in terms of, the podcast obviously one the whole value thing came from i think the i would say he's an author who is a businessman he's a i guess a celebrity in terms of the twitter circles and he's a youtuber as well jack butcher and yes he obviously said that and it was almost very weird because it was almost the perfect timing because the next weekend obviously i couldn't do a podcast and i knew i wasn't going to be able to do a podcast because we were traveling um, back from durban um to PE and I obviously thought about trying to do one, let's say rushing one out on a Thursday, but I couldn't. And then when we went there, the car was full. I couldn't just take all this equipment with me. And it was just a perfect period of time for me to sit down. And obviously everyone else went to the wedding and I stayed back and I got to take a nap. I got to evaluate. And as you say, in that moment of silence, you, you know, you get to sit down and think and not to say that I wanted to give up, you know, I got to a point where I was like, okay, fine. Like, um, I think there were maybe two podcasts, I won't say in a row, but there were two podcasts, especially when I got back and things were just chaotic, where I said that I'm doing it for the sake of doing it, I'm freestyling it, there's no preparation, but you know, I guess the one good part about it was to say, okay, fine, at least I'm getting into this habit or, you know, fulfilling something, but at the same time, it felt empty because it was just sort of talking for the sake of talking and trying to say, well, I think I'm gifted enough to ramble on something. And it didn't mean that it provided, provided value to me in a sense that obviously the fact I was going to be able to just keep practicing for that little day, even though it was only like a 12 minute podcast or something. 
but also with that, you know, came the whole question to say, okay, fine, what is it that you want to do going forward? And we obviously revisited some of the old podcasts, especially on YouTube, some of them before when they were called Brain Dump. And I think one thing we realized is that even though they were longer, the previous ones, they were also not easier per se, but it was more of a conversation um, compared to in the company of men, how that actually changed in the company of men. Obviously, there will still be men-related topics or male focus in these podcasts. I'll obviously still always be talking to a lot more guys and trying to give advice or bring people that are quite useful in terms of what you need to do in life. But it came to a point where it was very difficult to get someone on a weekly basis. And obviously, for that time, it was more interview type. So you had to prepare the other person. You had to send the questions beforehand to make sure that they're comfortable and stuff like that. And that was fine. But the issue is that if you couldn't line someone up or let's say there was a change of plans that made it difficult, then in the company of men was sort of saying, well, let me put it all on myself because at least I know that I'll be able to do it, which was also fine. It was good. It was a lot of, there was a lot of inspiration, but it does get to a point where you're like, okay, no, I won't say something feels different, um, but they obviously the podcast got a bit shorter. There was a different type of preparation for it. And yes, obviously, I if I was too busy to prepare for it, I could do a freestyle conversation. But the thing is that that question of obviously, do you provide value really changed and shifted to say, well, maybe I am doing it for myself and I can rely on myself. But the thing is that, is it actually enjoyable for a person to listen to one guy speak the whole time? Yes, sometimes it is. Obviously, I have listened to podcasts where there are people which speak by themselves. Um, there are even guys which can do it for, you know, three or four hours. Obviously, they've got a team of researchers and they give them information and things that they can obviously use in their podcast. But definitely, it is nice to hear someone else's, not voice, but someone else's opinion. And that's where, obviously, we discussed to say maybe we need to go back to that. So even if, let's say, we can't, get someone for that weekend we don't have to put a podcast out for that weekend it's better if we still get someone let's say a week later or two weeks later as long as we're providing value that there's someone else that's gonna at least contribute instead of just saying well for the sake of putting something out let's just put something out um, i'm not saying that there won't be times where it's just me speaking i think obviously if there's enough time to prepare and stuff like that but definitely want to go back to bringing a lot more people and you know how it has been, you know, with planning this in the last week, week, two weeks, um, you know, we are already going to have people lined up. We're bringing back Keegan M's again. Keegan, I think we, that's probably the most viewed podcast that um, we have, which was obviously about, and that was also just freestyle on a conversation with a friend of mine, which um, I haven't seen in many years. And shout out to Keegan because he's actually the reason why, you know, we have these new mics he brought, I asked him to, he came back from America, he's come back to SA, and I had asked him to bring me um, these Boyer podcast mics, the PM700, and he brought me one, and I think um, the bag got lost, and he brought up to PE eventually, not, he went to fetch him PE, and he brought it to Plet, that's where we were before we moved to PE, and um, he came into the room, and he bought it in a drone box. And I understood that because obviously customs and all that kind of stuff, you have to put it in another type of box. And so I saw one and I was looking at this thing and I was so amazed, I was so happy. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Thank you so much for bringing it because it's Africa, it's so expensive. It's only $100 there. And then I saw two 
cables. And I was like, oh, maybe, you know, one is type C, one is a type or Android USB cable. And I'm looking at the thing, I'm turning the pod, the, the mic around and like, well, where's the other hole? You know, where does the second uh, cable go? And I was like, oh, maybe it's a spare or something like that. And then inside the box, obviously it was covered with a piece of material. I'm like, what is this? And he was like, no, it's your second one. I was like, what do you mean a second, my second one? He's like, no, I brought you another one because at least you can have it with, you know, with someone um, there. And that's already like, like, it was just almost like, it's amazing um, that we thought of, you know, taking a different angle, but now he's obviously bought a podcast mic and he's bought another one that we can't even try to do it, that I invite some people if they're on PE. Um, there's another person that I want to do a podcast with and he told me whenever he's around, he's going to do it. Carl Dodds, very good friend of mine. He's into entrepreneurship and business and started his own business. He also did engineering with me and stuff like that. But like now I've got like, oh, it's, it's quite nice because, you know, it was always going to be something over zoom over skype over whatever media or platform that we're going to use for podcasts but now i can actually invite someone to sit with me and actually do it you know in the same room in the same venue as me and we can be like okay cool like let's do the podcast and and it's gonna it's just very different um even the way you know the way the whole setup is right now i'm plugging it into the podcast mic and i can hear myself while i'm speaking um it's just really different and so we've got obviously keegan coming up again um we bring you back mino as well he was obviously we spoke to him about arts in africa and we're going to talk about obviously expressing creativity and um yeah there are a couple of people who've got lined up for this a lot of people that are excited for it um there's also um experiment we're going to run with um i guess my housemate i can call him that but also my best friend andrew ems called unsocial commentary but it's just sort of like, yeah, when you have this question of saying, do you provide value and taking a step back to be like, okay, fine, this is going to be a new beginning. You get this new surge of energy, new inspiration. And it really, it, it, it motivates you to be like, okay, fine. Like, let's sort of get these new things. Just like you were saying with your YouTube video. Now you already think you're the next one. And, you know, we're doing this now. I'm hearing how beautiful it is to speak on the podcast, Mike, and actually hear, you know, I can be a lot in, be in a lot more control of a lot of things. And I'm just like, okay, cool. I want the next one. You know, I'm already thinking who it is that I can invite to come sit right next door to me or right next to me and be like, okay, cool. Let's actually go do a podcast. And they'll probably even be amazed by the experience because it's just something listening to yourself on a professional mic or a really good mic really makes a difference. And I'm sure a lot of people will be more inspired. And yeah, I've got some people which sort of said like, yeah, they really want to come back again. So I'm just excited for that as well. But as you said now with, um, you know, the whole topic of new beginnings and having time to journal and reflect and, um, and, and, and just think about things. I think the other thing that I told you about that really made a difference was just starting to read again, um, specifically in the, I guess, podcast world and stuff like that. You're obviously listening to other people's ideas. So it obviously helps that I'll have something. There'll be someone else on the other side. But it was the same thing with reading. You know, when you read, you basically get to absorb someone else's ideas, how they see the world, how they see certain things. And you sort of realize you're like, huh, okay, I've never actually thought of it this way. I've actually never done it this way. And it's, I guess, one of those things for the podcast world or speaking world, you need to go listen to other people, listen to other people's podcasts, read other people's books, because it also just re- energizes you just like you said that you obviously watch a lot of mark bone from youtube and i think that was the one that clicked for you because there were some other people where we obviously 
we've obviously discussed, especially with your background in sports science and stuff like that, what is it that you want to filmmake? And I think, you know, we were looking at Jeff Nippert's stuff. We always looked at Ali Abdal's stuff. We looked at Matt Diabella's stuff, you know, and I think you look at that and you obviously, because they're good, you're like, yes, okay, I should try to do it like that. But I think there's the time that you like, well, as soon as you latch onto someone, you're like, ah, that's the one that I want to try to learn from. That's the one I want to try emulate. That's the one that's going to basically spark the fire within me to do things my own way because he's not really telling you how to do it. He's not giving, he's giving you a blueprint and tips and stuff, but it's still up to you to put your own twist onto things. I think that's what benefit you benefit from the most because yes, obviously um, both of us are stubborn, but I think you want inspiration, but you want to do it your way at the same time. Yeah, I think, I think that's definitely right. I don't know. I guess it was just a, a journey to figure out what you really want and, yeah starting fresh starting new that's how it felt and yeah it it does it is intimidating especially because you know I'm a woman and I see all these youtubers most of them are guys and they're really good and they have all these equipment and they speak very fluent English and you know there's a few things that I'm not you know I'm a woman I don't speak as fluent English it's getting better but I still have this accent because if I say eggs you say eggs that I say it like that so yeah I always have have some sort of accent you know and those things can make you a bit insecure but it's definitely that you know you just need to start and that for me was the journaling but also having a good support system so you know, you, you were always there, you know, to tell me that I can do it and I must, I must try and that it's not, it's not bad to make mistakes or to fail or something, but you just don't want to, especially when you look back at videos I made, I'm like, did I really put that out? You know, like there's still some videos I'm like, yeah, that should have, yeah, I could have done better. But yeah, I probably rushed them. And with this one, I sat down for a long time and I didn't rush it. I went over it. I've seen this video so many times that I could dream it. And I was literally, when I was doing a lot of edits, I would go back to it every day. I probably dreamed about it, but I cannot really remember my dreams. So that's probably something I should work on. But yeah, I guess that also helps when you go over it in your sleep and then go back to the drawing board you know and yeah just keeping that cycle and having more quietness around me definitely helped so yeah that's one of the ideas to do a video about you know that it's okay to sit down and do nothing or to write or to shower without having noise around you and I think that's also something a few great people do that they have a chair that they can only sit in and do nothing for like a couple of minutes or hours and they also say that they get very inspired by relaxing and that's why I think we talked about it that you were also saying in the shower you had your best ideas because you were feeling comfortable you know you're warm you're relaxed and yeah during the day you get a lot of you know, intentions from the outside world, you know, from your phone, from, 
yeah, from everything, noises around you, things you watch, things you read. And when you are relaxed in a moment or when you're going to sleep, like all these thoughts, they are going to gather and you're going to have your own ideas coming out of that. And I think that's, if you if you can get like a, like a workflow around that, that you can get all these ideas, I think then you're on the right path. So I think the one thing is that trap that everyone has to sort of say that I think we've all been conditioned because obviously work conditions that make sense. As I was saying, in terms of working conditions as well, I think it's because we obviously, it makes sense at work that you have to be busy, you know, you have to be doing everything. You get, time is money, you know, that's what everyone sort of says. Time is money, time is money. And you get conditioned into thinking that, oh, I shouldn't be chilling because I should be making money or be doing something because obviously that's the workplace. But I think that is definitely a trap because when you are in the workplace, you're obviously following repetitive patterns unless you're obviously in the creative field. But I even feel that even in the creative field, they don't have, you know, these strict deadlines that you come in late, you leave at five, or if you can, you, you stay on extra until six and stuff like that. So they don't program you because they want you to do certain things that you don't have to think for yourself. They just want you to execute at the end of the day. And you don't have that feeling that, okay, fine, I've got time to relax now at home because you sort of somehow you bring that into your work, you bring that into your relationship that you can't actually sit down and actually do nothing. And I think that's the one blessing I think lockdown has had, as has, has, has um, shown us, because yeah, we were obviously very busy in SA, not that we didn't want to be busy and stuff like that in the Netherlands, but obviously with you guys being shut down and stuff, we were definitely forced to sit down, relax more because it's not like going out or doing anything else was illegal. So you have to sort of say, well, what can I do? But even then you still get a sense of like, oh, I should be doing something. I should be doing something. And I think that's fine for a certain period of time because that's what let us get the ball rolling. You know, we got obviously a lot of equipment. We got a lot of things. We started playing with a lot of ideas. That's obviously where the, in the company of men came through and it was obviously good for that period of time. But, um, you know, there is that trap to say, hey, keep busy, keep busy, keep busy. But the thing is that, as, as I said, that's not when you're generating new ideas. A lot of new ideas, as we you just mentioned now, would come when you're most relaxed. You know, when you're in the shower, when you're reading a book, where you're relaxing while you're walking on the treadmill. It's something else because your, your, your brain is actually like, oh, okay, I don't have these predetermined tasks to do anymore. Well, here's a new idea. You'll see something differently. You know, you smell something, you'll hear a conversation or this word, and it triggers a memory. And it's your brain is just open up to a lot more ideas when you're relaxing. So that is obviously a great thing that you mentioned, trying to be sit down and be quiet. It's um, something where I think even, you know, I obviously talk about him a lot, Naval Ravikant. He obviously makes time to also sit down and relax and literally do nothing, you know, keep quiet and do nothing so that um, it is that he sort of feels rejuvenated and refreshed and relaxed. And as I said, it was that, uh, the I guess the ball started rolling that weekend when I was in Durban where I couldn't podcast because we drove up on the Friday, Saturday, I had no equipment or the Wi-Fi connection was bad and I didn't have anything with me. Sunday, we drove back again. And when we get back from driving six to eight hours, I think it is like all you want to do is rest. You know, there was nothing productive which was going to come out of me. And, you know, I also had that thing to be like, oh, every week, every week, every week, every week. But then now that sort of broke that. It's like, oh, okay, like, it's fine. Like, this is completely out of control. 
it has always been in my control to say, hey, let me relax. But now I felt like, oh, this has been out of my control. I can't do anything. And I felt revitalized. And I think also just getting into, uh, yes, there is that obviously the freedom of creativity, but there is also stuff like getting into healthy routines, which might be outside of what it is that you're doing in terms of filmmaking and stuff. So like for you, obviously, you've got a routine of, as you mentioned, journaling and, you know, exercise. Um, you've been running a lot. We started running a lot and stuff like that. And that's obviously something outside of, you know, our scope and realm. But like when obviously with me, with being and with Andrew, I was able to exercise as well after a very long time of being in the Netherlands where the gyms were closed and stuff like that. Now I'm also getting into a routine because now we've moved, you know, the gym is less than a kilometer away that it takes me less than a minute to get to the gym. And now I'm building that new routine, but that also really encourages me to find more time to podcast and do those other things because it's not like I'm just fully doing one thing now. I'm getting pieces of time to be like, oh, well, that's gym time now. And that's out of the way when it's done. And then when you get back, obviously this is work time, but now that's out of the way. And then afterwards you're like, oh, I actually have free time to play with things. I can decide that, hey, you know what? I want to go podcast or I want to go read something. I want to make notes. or I want to just chat and watch, you know, the blacklist with, with you. And I think, I think sometimes in new beginnings, as you mentioned, happen when you sort of sit down and say, okay, fine. Like, let's start from scratch. Like, let's, we don't have any expectation to sort of do things the same way we were doing it because obviously that's not working or we're not finding joy in it anymore. Sometimes it is a thing of like, you feel like, I think sometimes you do feel like failing, like it's a failure, but I think sometimes also when you're not happy, it's sort of like an indication to be like, well, if you're not happy, it's either going to stop or you're going to level up, you know, it's going to be black or white. This gray area that you're in right now is not that great. Um, you yourself aren't even happy. And obviously for you, you see you've gone back to a lot of the videos in the past and you said, well, I shouldn't have done that or, you know, that was crap. But at that time, you know, it was still game changing in a sense because you were obviously leveling up. And now that you're at a new level, you're like, oh, that wasn't bad. But, you know, it was still better than the gray area of just staying on iMovie and doing the same thing and stuff like that. And it was still better than your previous video. So like you were, you know, you level up and then you get maybe comfortable in that gray area and you get frustrated with yourself and it feels like things aren't going right and it feels like it becomes boring. And I think sometimes that's also an indication to say, oh, take it to the next level, um, spend a lot of time, learn a new skill, because I think you'll obviously be able to tell me now in this new video that you've done now, obviously for you, it's far from perfect and there's still levels that you want to go up to. And I think up until for what you know now, it's the best. And you're obviously going to do that for a period of time until you're going to be like, okay, now, I'm getting bored with it because I know there's another level that I can go. But I'm, I'm pretty sure now over these four weeks, yes, it took you four weeks to do it and find clips. I'm sure there's some new skills that you must have learned now. So in terms of the video editing itself, I didn't really learn new skills because the program Final Cut Pro, I know how to use it. But an, an, a new thing that I definitely discovered is the color grading. I always thought that, you know, I never did anything with making pictures look better or videos look better. Why? Because I thought the raw video or picture is better to really show how things look like, right? But as you come and look and watch more of the videos about the, the real filmmakers and how they do it, they all use color grading. And it's not only just to make your footage look better, but to 
have the colors pop out a bit more and to just make it look more professional. And I started to look at, look at it like that. I'm like, yeah, it's definitely much more professional. And what I did really is I went on YouTube because YouTube is literally the place to learn things about filmmaking because people share so many good tips and information. And I found this one guy, Lucas something, I can't remember his surname. And he made a lot of videos about LUTs and I had no clue what a LUT was. So I just decided to watch the video because I was interested to see what it was because I typed in color grading and I got lots of, but apparently people like him, he made his own color grade samples basically. So the cool thing is if you just subscribe to his channel, you could download his lots. And the nice thing is you can just drag those, those things over your footage and you can check which one fits the best for your footage and it's not really to only make it look better but it's definitely to make it look more professional and I found another person who did that and he had some amazing LUTs and those ones I've been using a lot in my new video and the whole video does seem a lot different with these LUTs over it you know with these color gradings over it I still think I definitely need to stop step up my game if we're gonna you know, pursue in filmmaking because then I need to have my own lots and stuff like that. But, you know, that's something to worry about when, you know, when you get better and to really experience your own sort of types and styles. And yeah, that, that will come. I'm not afraid of that one. And the other thing I've learned is it's actually quite funny because all these all these filmmakers, they talk about having your camera and then hold it basically as a uh, as a handbag, you know, like. And I was almost thinking that, oh, I need to buy a DSLR or like this huge camera to be able to make footage like them. But then I looked at my iPhone and my tripod I have and I was like, well, can I not just literally do the same thing, but then with my tripod? So I think today or, or or last week, I tried it. I got my tripod and I turned my phone around in it the way I used to film. And then holding it like that. And I tried to do some movement, you know, holding it the normal tripod way and holding it, you know, the handbag way as they, they say it. And it does make quite some difference. And I was like, why does no one talk about this? Why does everyone talk about, oh, you need to get a handle for this and you need this camera to... Because your iPhone, I have an iPhone 11 Pro and it's super stable. You know, there is this stabilizer inside the iPhone. So if you walk, you know, if you go, you know, bend your knees and walk like that, you hold it as a handbag, your phone, basically, you have the same amazing footage as this amazing camera. So I think those things are definitely game changers, especially when I'm going to make new footage because for this last video, I only used footage, which was like two years old or, you know, just, just literally random footage come together. And I think now that I'm more able to write a story because I'm writing to you, I'm always writing to you because then 
you know, you're automatically going to write into a story format, which makes it a lot easier when you, you're going to go in front of the camera and tell it because you can literally read out loud what you wrote down. And it's much more pleasant for yourself to follow, but definitely for, you know, for people who want to watch it because they can see that there is a storyline. And people will remember your things much better. No, I think there's also the difference of, you know, when you were saying that at first, you know, you thought that the raw photo is the best and it's really natural, you know, there's no filter on it, there's no color grading and stuff like that. And that's great. The thing is that I feel what makes it better is if you're doing it by choice. If you're doing it by choice. So by you saying that I can take a raw picture and still make it good, I can take raw video and take and make it good. But now there's a difference, obviously, because you can if you want to go to raw, and you can if you want to obviously continue and make it professionally professional looking, you know. So there's definitely a difference if you say that, oh, I can do either one. And as you said, you know, you never know where this filmmaking journey is gonna take you. And Sometimes the people will want it to look a certain way and you are able to provide that or you want it to look raw. There's a big difference if you have to say, well, I can only do it raw and someone wants it a different way, you know, or let's say within your niche, they want it to look a certain way, but you can't do it because you only specialize in doing it, you know, the raw. Obviously, yes, you will obviously choose what you want to specialize in, but being able to do it many different ways, but choosing to do it your way is also a big thing. So in terms of, let's say, even podcasting, in terms of, of this, saying that, oh, I want to do a short podcast or I want a long-form podcast, but the thing is I am completely in control of it. I've got so much mastery and so much skill that I can choose which way I want to do it and still provide value or, let's say, do something that's really good compared to, let's say, how it was in the company of men. There were only 15 minutes, and sometimes it was only because you only had 15 minutes worth of stuff to say, not because it was intentional that it was going to be short. But, you know, you ran out of stuff and not that it was bad or anything like that, but there is definitely a, a difference in saying, well, I, I'm so, not so good, but you develop a aptitude or you develop the capability to say, well, if I wanted to look raw and I still wanted to look good, I can. But if I also want to calibrate it or if I still want to put on these lots, as you say, I can do it as well and make it good. I can do it whichever way I want to do it. And I've got a lot of control. And I think... One thing we've obviously said about with this new beginning, I think we realize not how much effort I think in order to level up, there's a lot of effort that you need to put in, but it's requiring a lot more of us in terms of not equipment only. Yes, obviously equipment will be great. It should only enhance what you already have, but there's a lot more effort. As you said, there's a lot more preparation that goes into it. There's a lot more, um, yeah, you know, you're doing a lot more research because there were certain things. I think it also happened, I guess, um, at that time that we were both filmmaking or we were both trying to obviously make videos and stuff like that. We did it to do it and that was great. But the thing is that it got to a point where I wouldn't say it became easy, but you know, you could do it just because for, for the sake of doing it, as I said. But now you sort of say, well, okay, fine. You know, I want to level up. And as you keep on going, the, I won't say the more complicated it is, but the more intentional you think about certain things, the more intentionally intentional that you do it. And I think obviously podcasting for me came a lot later than the YouTube thing. And not that I gave up, but I just realized that 
one, there were limitations, obviously, with the internet in South Africa and the situation where I was staying at that time. When I got into it, there were obviously certain podcast mics that I could afford, but there was not much in Queenstown. But it was still good to start. But then now that I don't have, let's say, those limitations and stuff like that, in terms of podcasting, this is very young as a podcast. And I think that also, you also mentioned it when I said, well, you know, I want to go through a name change again. And you're like, well, your podcast is still very young. You can do it. Um, so you can do it. And that's why obviously it will, I was given the ability to do it. And it's the same thing, obviously, with the YouTube as well. You know, the YouTube channel, um, when you were doing it or we were doing it, but it was obviously always mostly you. Um, when we had started and stuff like that, we could put whatever we want because it was better than nothing and we were learning. But I think you've obviously hit the note on a certain few videos, obviously, like I guess our most successful one is what the remarkable one. And we did the first one and it was all right. It was great, but it was, I won't say rushed, but it was better than nothing. And then you did a second one, you did a third one. And the third one, obviously the one that you put a lot more time and effort into it. I also put a lot more time and effort into it, but there was more that we could have done, but it was still better because obviously at the time it was about for me, it was about time for me to leave. And I think we did that one within the 10 days just before I'm about to leave because we were worried if it was going to get back on time, back in, or if it was going to arrive in time. So I think as long as the time, extra time spent is intentional, the extra effort spent is intentional, you know, you don't want to be procrastinating and spending a lot more time doing things like, oh, I don't know what font I want to choose for thumbnail and stuff like that. It's actually intentional to be like, oh, I'm trying to go through all the various options and seeing what the best is according to criteria. And I'm being very strict to myself to try to do a few things. In terms of even like new beginnings for this podcast, obviously, one of the things is when I knew Keegan was coming to South Africa and I was going to be able to see him. Like, obviously, uh, a podcast, Mike, especially a professional one, like there were cheaper options and I've looked through cheaper options as well take a lot yeah, it was a thing to say like, okay, fine, do I buy a cheaper one? As I keep on getting better, I go and get another one. But definitely it's going to be a, a sacrifice in terms of cost because, um, you know, I think this one is actually one of the things where you like, well, I think there is obviously the case to say that you can pay and you will get better for a more expensive thing. It's literally something that I think you right now can obviously hear the difference and I can obviously hear the difference because I can plug in straight into the mic to realize how much of a difference this thing makes, but it was investment, you know, and I could have gone through the thing of like, oh, as I get better, yes, I will get a better mic and stuff like that. But now you are, I'll say a lot more intentional. You have to realize, okay, fine. Like I'm taking a lot more seriously. It's a new beginning. I need to really try and invest into getting something which is a lot better. And I think, yes, obviously this is great. And apparently there are other levels above this. Um, I was also watching a few podcast videos and stuff where they talk about their gear, what it is. And like you also sit down and realize that there's some people which make some great products, but also a lot of people that spend a lot of stupid money. <laughs> and I think that's the same thing that you were saying. Uh, like these are obviously great and they'll be there for a very long period of time um, up until a certain point in time. But I think you also mentioned the fact that, yeah, you're only using your iPhone. But obviously, it's iPhone 11. It's a great camera. You know, it's not um, even your iPhone 8. That's how you started your journey, obviously, um, when you did start your journey. So you started with what you could. I think when I started with what I could, I first used, um, what do you call it? I think a pair of headphones and my cell phone. Recorded with that, upgraded to different mics. Got lav mic. Got, you know, we've, I think all of our audio equipment 
is Boyer related. So the camera, um, the lab mic, the the iPhone microphone as well, you know, the camera microphones that we have, and then all these PM series. But these are are I guess I won't say investments, but I think it's something that over the period of two years, I think it started with video editing and video making. And yes, there was obviously one part of me which was very reclusive and shy and introverted to say I don't want to be on camera but I don't mind my voice because it's something you've been saying hey do something in your voice it's something I've heard when I was younger hey do something in your voice so you couldn't ignore that and I think for you on your side obviously you made the films for me to enjoy for everyone else to enjoy but they got to a point where I won't say I pushed you but I was like oh do something with this you know and I think there is what the point I'm trying to get to is that there is a point in time where people are telling you and saying, well, you need to do one, two, three, four, but you get stubborn because one, the, the stubbornness comes from two things, obviously. One, wanting to do it your own way and your own means, your own time. Someone not telling you what to do, especially if you're very stubborn, like you and I. And two, there's also the fear to be like, well, what happens if it's not as good as what people are telling me to do? At least I can always say that, oh, yeah, I could have done that. Yeah, I could have done podcasting because people told me I've got a good voice, but I just never did it. But at least I know that, hey, people told me that I could do it, but I'm still chicken enough to be like, well, what happens if I do it? And then it's not as good as they thought it would be. Because everyone else has got this idea of, well, yeah, you should get into video editing. And then you think, oh, yes, I could get into video editing. That is true. But then now what happens if I don't live up to the expectation that people have? And then you obviously get scared. And then that also comes as part of the stubbornness, which delays you to start. So you've obviously been telling me about this podcasting thing. And it's taken what a period of two years of you dating me. Um, if you weren't dating, you, um, if you dumped me by now, maybe it was one of those things where I would never would have podcasted because I'll just be like, uh, I thought about it, got to a point. And then like, yeah, nah, the pressure isn't there. Pressure in inverted brackets. But you also at the same time, you know, by the time we had started dating, you were already filmmaking. That was obviously for a school project. But, and I'd been telling you, well, filmmaking, filmmaking. And you're like, well, I don't, I think there was a long period of time for a month or two or even three where you're like, well, I don't have an interesting story. Um, you know, why would someone want to watch something about me or that I make and stuff like that? Obviously, a lot of the videos that we made in the past was me behind the camera. Not because I wanted to be, but, you know, I was just like, well, it's a way to support you in filmmaking. So I'll do what I can. Um, we obviously there were places where we had to realize what boundaries were like, not to push certain ones where I felt comfortable on camera, where I felt uncomfortable on camera, but definitely there's that stubbornness to sort of say, well, Hey, like, I think you feel confident now you feel happy now that you are going to do this and practice this. But at the same time, it took you a while because I'm like, Oh, well, this is where I thought you were always going to be, but you needed to see that for yourself. Yeah, I think that's right what you mentioned, but I think it's also the thing saying that and knowing that it is also fine, you know, to suck at something for at least five or 10 years. I think we also had a lot of discussions about that. And the the the, the thing is like, uh, it's the same when I, you know, I look back at my gymnastics career when I started, I was young and I wasn't like, special or anything I was just small I was strong and flexible and I had the right mindset so potentially I was able to become good but when I was young I wasn't <laughs> let me tell you I wasn't good at all but by making 
let's say those 10,000 hours, I became better. You know, every year I leveled up, I became better at competitions, I did more difficult skills, but that took me years. And it's the same thing now with the video editing, right? When I started, I wasn't good. You know, I, I tried and you, you, had a, you had a start point, you know, point where you can look from and say, like, okay, at least I start somewhere and then in a year I can look back. So now it's one year since we have our YouTube channel and I think we are, what, around 300 videos in maybe, I guess, something like that. I think that's quite accurate. And definitely there's a huge difference, but if I'm looking now at the video I, I published today, it's good, but in my head, I could still do better, you know? But if you're just gonna stick to that, you're gonna be disappointed and annoyed. And it's also fine to know and realize you can do better and to push yourself. But on the other hand, you should also, I guess, take a moment and, share you know you don't even have to share it on social media you can share it to your friends to your family to your partner but to you know enjoy that moment of yeah of, of fame basically and then look back at where you came from and the the process that you went through and definitely I think the last few months, especially since you left, they have been quite tough on, on myself because, you know, my, my partner isn't there. I come home to an empty flat and, you know, it also feels like your motivation drops and you're not as happy. I didn't have as much as an appetite, had to do a lot of classes. So, you know, all these things together, they they make you feel less motivated and yeah, just not great. But then, you know, you come to a point that you realize that if you, you're not going to do anything and you're just going to sit there and be annoyed about it, you know, it's not it's not going to help. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help, you know, your relationship. We had a chat about it, a couple of chats. And, you know, it is a thing to to pull your partner aside and say like, hey, I think it can be different. And I think you can do one, two, three. And as a partner, you you have that responsibility to do that. And it's actually funny because today I've been watching uh, a documentary on Netflix and it was about a true love story. And it just got to me because I really feel that we are gonna have a story not similar, but yeah, the, the, the point is I'm trying to get to is that that one question that they always ask, like, how do you make your marriage successful? Because these, these two were married for 60 years. You know, that's just amazing. That's only something I can look, you know, look up to and be like, yeah. Yeah, I, I want that too, you know, but, but how do you do it? And then you look at their relationship and it's like nothing's changed, you know, they still walk hand in hand. 
they still give each other attention. They're still being very kind to each other. And I think, I think what the guy said is like, it's actually very easy. It's just giving her a lot of cuddles and kisses. <laughs> and then, you know, together they were saying, yeah, yeah, we, we, of course we also have bad days, but we try to not shout at each other. We try to not curse. We try to be kind. And I think that is really the key to a good relationship. And it was very cute because when they were, you know, having their nighttime and when you're young and in love, you're going to cuddle, you kiss and you read or something and you fall asleep. And this couple that has been married for 60 years, they still do that. So they go to bed, they give each other a hug and a kiss, they read. And whenever they're going to fall asleep, they're going to do the same thing. They tell each other they love you, you know, I love you. And I think that's really something very important. And I think, you know, when you're together, for us especially, it's much easier to do those things. But when you're apart, sometimes it can become more difficult. Not difficult, but you can sometimes forget because you're sort of living in your own world instead of in your world together in your little bubble. And because now you're apart, you have basically your own bubble, but you need to combine that bubble over the internet, which isn't always the greatest because of connections and we both have our jobs and, you know, but yeah, that, that really inspired me. Well, I think it's one of those things where, as you mentioned, that you always going to go through frustrating days and angry days and where things aren't always going to go well. But I think that's one thing I've always mentioned to you is that you don't take it out on your person. Um, you know, I think kindness is very underrated. Uh, it can change, obviously, someone else's day if you obviously... I think that's the thing because of the way, that, you know, when someone acts in violence, you also return act in violence, you know, and that's obviously something that not that we struggle with, but, you know, it can become prevalent to say that, okay, fine, you're acting angry, I get angry. Probably me more than you. Um, but it's, 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 it, it is, it helps diffuse the situation because in that moment of anger, the person only wants to feel loved. That's what diffuses it, you know, escalating it or treating them in anger doesn't really help anything because it just makes them feel worse. They want to feel loved. So as they mentioned, obviously, as you were saying, that other documentary that they said that, well, we know that we're going to have bad days, but we try not to shout at each other. We don't try not to, you know, act in anger. And I think also in terms of, obviously, new beginnings and new motivation, it is very important for people to have the support system, as you said earlier, um, to have people that encourage you. In fact, for me, you had always been telling me about podcasting, right? Or do something with your voice. If it was, I don't know, singing, I don't know where the singing came out of. Um, but, you know, you had mentioned obviously something about videos and stuff like that. And I had heard you, but the thing is, it wasn't enough of a push yet to do it. The time that it became a push was your dad said it. So you said it. My, my, uh, I've heard people in, in the past say it, but it's not like they were, I won't say they weren't significant, but they were just people either passing by or when you chat to them, like, oh, you've got a really nice voice, you should work on radio or something like that. I'm like, nah, I don't know who you are. Like, I don't know what your intention is with that statement. And obviously there's you who keeps on telling me this, which is great because it's constant reinforcement. But the nudge to take me over the edge, well, that pushed me past that plateau was, one, your dad saying, also my mom, 
because I think there was a time we were obviously on a chat with my mom and your mom was, my mom was like, oh, he's got a very way, a convincing way of saying something and he breaks something down. And I was like, huh, like, like the reason, obviously, yes, moms are like, for you, that's why I kept on saying, the reason you say it's because you love me. Your dad has got no, your dad has got no reason to say that to me. Uh, I won't say less is true, but like, I was just like, huh, okay. Like he's got something to it. He's got something to say about that. And then not that my mom doesn't support me, but for her to actually say something, not nice, obviously she loves me and stuff like that, but for her to say something like that, I was like, well, she really must mean it if she's actually going to say that. So that was the nudge. And I think, as you mentioned, obviously that time lockdown, we were separated. I was at home with my mom. That was actually the first time I actually bought the first podcast mic, which didn't last very long. It's somewhere there. And it was after that conversation where we were like, where you said it, your dad said it, we were always on a video call. And then obviously my mom said it as well. And I was like, mm, okay. And yeah, like I think things also just take time to develop. Certain things were just not to try it, to maybe have tried it earlier. Either I wasn't in the emotional state that I would have tried it and just given up and then never gone back to it. But also certain things had to be in place. And I think it was right at that time to sort of push and nudge and it's getting better. As you say, you keep on getting better and keep on plateauing and you get to plateau and obviously decide that it's a time to level up. And I think that's what's really important is that in your endeavors and maybe even this new beginning is not really a brand new beginning. It's actually just a level change. When you feel bored and you feel stuck, um, I think the easiest thing there when you're facing that adversity to say, okay, fine, let me stop and, you know, give up because I don't know if I'm doing anything. But I think that's also an indicator to be like, well, you're not supposed to just be at this level. Like by now you should actually go to the next step. And that's maybe what the new beginning is because that's what I'm saying. It's not like we've started a brand new thing. Yes, we've obviously got new re rejuvenation in terms of motivation, in terms of, you know, obviously changing the color schemes and making it look more professional and stuff like that. Obviously the next level, as we've mentioned, but I think sometimes that, feeling of boredom and frustration is just a nudge to be like, hey, like step up a little bit. And I think it's the same thing as you say in relationships when things start to feel, when things feel like, okay, fine, I'm getting stuck. Um, I feel like, um, you know, things aren't progressing or things just aren't as great as it seems to be. Maybe it is that time to be like, okay, fine. If it is that case, and why, what's stopping me from leveling up, leveling up, you know? So if it doesn't feel like um, things are normal, obviously in a relationship, obviously we speak a lot about relationships, obviously ours as well as other people speak with a lot of people in long distance relationships and stuff like that. Maybe it's time to be like, okay, fine. If you feel that way, then instead of complaining about it, as you said, you've got a choice to complain about it. Not that we don't complain about it. I think that's obviously something we'll talk about now in terms of the differences, I think, in Dutch or, or European people and let's say people from the other side of the equator and stuff like that. But when you face with adversity, it's either you're going to complain about it and you can. And I think that's why I say that sometimes, obviously, coming from a first world country, it's okay to complain about something because something will be done about it or someone will actually try to do something about it, right? Because the system's supposed to work. Whereas here, we don't, I won't say we don't complain as much, but who are you going to complain to because no one's going to hear you? So you're either going to fix it yourself or give up on it. You know, you have to sort it out. And I think it, it is that in terms of, um, where you are now like in terms of the whole YouTube scene and stuff like that like if you're not happy and you feel like you should be getting more views or you should feel like you should be at a certain place and you're not there you can complain about it and then, and then what 
you know, it's often a thing that that I have asked you, like, okay, fine, you know, I understand things on on great and stuff like that, and you have to deal with it. Yes, you can you can vent your frustrations, tell me how frustrated you are, but then what is it that you're going to do about it? You know, because I can't do anything about it. The world's not going to do anything about it. You're the only person that has to do something about it. So sometimes in these new beginnings, it's this thing of just saying, hey, like I guess I'm frustrated where it is now. Um, I can complain about it if I want to. I can sit here and have a pity party, but that's not going to truly change much. You know, no one's going to come rescue, especially the older that you are, especially the more independent that you are. No one's going to come rescue. So what are you going to do about it? I think that becomes a thing where it forces you to find new beginnings or give up completely. Yeah, and I think, you know, the thing you were speaking about is like the differences in first world countries and third world countries. I think we definitely deal with some differences, mostly. So what I notice a lot that here, especially in the Netherlands, it's very easy for people to, like you said, complain or just be very direct. So for example, the difference from SA and the Netherlands, what I've noticed the most is that you know, I've been to SA for four months for my internship and it was already different from the moment we landed. It was much more about, you know, relationships. So the first thing you say to someone when you are in South Africa, you say, hey, how are you? You wait for someone to respond. You respond the same thing. I'm well or I'm not well, but thank you. And only after that, or social chit chat, even when you go, you know, buy groceries, you have a social chit chat or something. And only then, if there's a problem, you're going to slowly address it. Whereas in the Netherlands, people often don't even greet you. So, for example, if you're going to go here to a grocery store and you need something, you, you're not going to ask, hey, how are you? Like, that's weird when you do it here. People look at you like, what's wrong with you, right? So here, when I have a problem, I need something. I go to some like, hey, do you know what a cheese is? But if you do that in SA, you know, that's rude. People will look at you and they'll be like, ah, this person, you know, this person is just rude. And, you know, speaking to elderly with Mr. and Mrs. And here it's also different because even, even like you address my parents at the first time, like Mr. Mikma and Mrs. Mikma and very formal. And my dad is straight up, just call me Kos. But when I call your mom, Emily, which I'm still trying to really get used to, to not say that because that that is root in that culture. You know, you say mom, Emily, or, you know, Mrs. or auntie, or, you know, something. You don't just call someone by their name. And, you know, this is just a funny example, but I think in our real life, we, in in the beginning, I think we definitely struggled with it and still sometimes because, for me, I, yeah, you always tell me that I'm a small woman with a big mouth. And yeah, maybe that's true for some people, but it's, you know, it's how I'm raised here in the Netherlands. If there's something I have to speak up, I have to 
go and put my point across, otherwise I'm not heard. And that sometimes can come across as, you know, rude. And then you tell me that I'm very direct and sometimes even too direct. And that's definitely something I am working on and I need to continue working on for probably the rest of my life because that's just so inside of me. It's also, it's not just the culture, it's also my character, of course. And yeah, to get something out of your character will be very difficult, but to be reminded of it, I think it's very good. And I think we both learn a lot from from each other's culture so for example I try to be more chilled basically so not to be so direct and to really try to explain myself much better than I did in the beginning which helps us not have arguments even though we all yeah as a couple you always go through arguments which is not a problem and for you I think when you are here you also notice that you have to speak up if you want something more than in the beginning. And I guess, you know, being around me and some of my friends did help you become a bit more able to, no, I, I won't say you are direct, but you are more direct here in the Netherlands, especially when something goes wrong than when you are in South Africa because like you said when you complain in the Netherlands you expect that things get handled. I've noticed that for example in SA if you have a customer complaint they try to help you and do a lot of things to make it better for you. I think that's something that 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 we can learn from each other as in different cultures. I'm actually just laughing at the whole greeting people at the shops because I think it's I, I I automatically as soon as I got back to South Africa, that's how you I think that's probably the first thing that you learn. If you're gonna learn another language, you're gonna to have to greet someone, ask how they are and say thank you, whatever you call it. So I think the first thing that happened when I got here, I can't remember where it was, you know, I got to the shop and the lady at the counter, same thing, like, you know, you go there, you say hello, and then depending on how they respond, they'll either say Mola or uh, Sawona, or, or I think it's either going to be one of the two, or they'll speak English, you know, one of, one of the three. They'll either speak English, they'll continue the conversation in English, they'll greet you in close, or they'll speak Greek to you in Zulu, and obviously just depending on the area that I'm in. Um, but because of that, that's where, like, I won't say it's a language thing, but yes, you will greet the person, or it's the same thing, obviously, in Zulu, when we were in Durban and stuff like that. And it is one of those things where, you can't get away from greeting a person. Not that you should, but yeah, it's a it's a norm. And not to say that I didn't notice it, but I didn't think it's abnormal until obviously, yes, when I was in the Netherlands, where like you don't even ask the person, oh hi. Like so that's the thing. Even today, when obviously we've been doing a lot of shopping to, you know, um, get everything ready for this place that we're staying in now. And yeah, that's the thing. You know, if I want to ask someone, I'll say, hey, how are you? And you say, oh, I'm fine. Or he, he or she will say, I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks. Uh, please could you help me in one, two, three, four? You never go direct because as I'm saying, like it's it's a confrontation. And that comes maybe, I won't say everyone in South Africa has it, but a lot of it has to do with schooling systems. 
and that's definitely one thing for us like i told you and i think you obviously it's in your video you know when you went to rugby match where you obviously greet people that are elderly you stand up for them you say sir you say ma'am you know what you wear you have to polish your shoes we had uniforms and all that kind of stuff but definitely i wouldn't say everyone goes through that but there's a little sense of that and funny enough you know um, you you don't have to do it as much when you're at university so obviously at university, yes, you will greet your lecturer prof, but it wasn't every single time that you went to go to visit your lecturer. So you sort of can lose that. Um, obviously, when you want to ask a question, you put up your hand and then they'll address you and then you ask the question and stuff like that. But um, I still remember the first time I went to work at FOSCO and like obviously being on holiday, coming from university, going on holiday, going to workforce, there was a lot more things where, you know, they expected you to speak. So you didn't have to go greet, you had to greet everyone in the morning, but, you know, you can sort of ask someone something, someone directly ask someone for something directly and I think the first time I ever met Tremaine I went to the office I was like hi can I have a pair of shoes and she was like she just looked at me and she's like excuse me I'm like hi can I have a pair of shoes she's like oh so that's your greeting just hi not hi my name is one two three four so she scolded me completely saying that you must learn how to greet and stuff like that and I wasn't offended or anything because the thing is that's all I'm saying that's the norm here because I was just like oh yeah where are my manners and oh, I'm sorry my name is Nana, this, this, this. And then obviously we've been very good friends and you've obviously had a podcast with her as well. And, and that's just obviously she forced that to be direct. So sometimes it's one of those things where I think no one, that's what I'm saying, no one lets you get away with it because when you go there, even if you start talking, if they know that you're rude, they'll make a point that you know that you're being rude by saying, oh, how are you then? You know? They'll be extra polite in a rude way to realize to make you realize, oh shit, like I need to also be polite. So it's not something you can get away with. Um, in terms of being direct, I think it is, yes, it is one of those things where I think it's situational. So in the Netherlands, you have to be because it seems like they're, I'm not saying people want to take advantage of you, but it does feel like that. You know, if you go to the shop and you want to stand in line. And then all of a sudden people think that, oh, okay, fine. You're obviously not pushing your way through to the line or something. That means that you find me taking the space. Then they'll do that. And you have to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Or like, and you must tell them back. Like, otherwise you're going to be like, oh, there's a gap or there's an advantage. I'll take it. You know, whereas here in South Africa, people think twice, you know, um, that even happened when I went to go renew my license. So <laughs> funny story. I went to renew my license and we were standing in line. We got there early you know, waiting for the queue to go. And then this lady, so there was a guy in front of me. Oh, no, it wasn't in front of me. It was, yeah, I think someone else was in front of me and then there was another guy in front of him. And this lady comes from the back of the queue, goes to the front, asks the question, then she goes to stand to this, next to this guy and starts talking. And they start talking, talking, talking. Obviously from the conversation I hear that she was there on Friday, the station closed, they went offline or something. Now she's here on Monday. She feels like obviously she waited for that whole time on Friday. She must obviously just jump in the queue. And she met this guy that was also standing with her and also got sent on Friday. But this guy that she was standing next to was there early, carried on, whatever you call it. So anyway, she, you know, she keeps on. She, she stays there. People being polite. Um, I won't say we let it happen, but it was one of those things where we all look around like, okay, fine. Like, and... I heard the conversation, but I think everyone else sort of just was like, ah, you know what, at the end of the day, it's fine because, um, not because of anything else, like we didn't know what she was there for. But I was okay with it because I was like, okay, she was here on Friday, like it would be a schlep that she has to go at the back of the queue. So I was polite, but the thing is that 
what should have happened is that she would come to, you know, ask and say, hi guys, sorry, I was here on Friday the whole time. This is what happened. Is it fine if I jumped the queue or something like that? That would be better. So what happened is that the people that were attending at the, at the till, um, the lady, which was obviously checking the, the, the documentation and stuff like that, security guard, they saw this. And when it came for her to get this, so now she sits there, obviously she's in front of everyone. Now when she gets there, they're like, you know that you came here and you didn't come speak to me. You didn't give me any documents. You didn't come address me to say that, oh, I was here on Friday, whatever they call it. And you skipped every single person that's, that's in that queue. And then by the time she got there, there were like four or five more people in the queue. And they sent it to the back. They said, they're not going to help her. You know, because they were like, oh, well, what she was doing was wrong. She should have asked everyone uh, if it was okay to do that. Whereas what she did obviously was something that would be fine. I won't say fine in the Netherlands because there'd probably been a fight by that time. But, you know, if she went there, she stood there and no one said anything, she was just going to be like, okay, fine, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, so I think it's situational. Um, but, yeah, maybe in South Africa, we are a lot more laid back in that sense because, you know, it's, it's something that's inherent. It's something that, um, like, we, I don't say we're taught to be polite, but definitely depending on the school that you go to and stuff like that. Like, it's, it's not, it's shunned upon if you are rude. Um, and obviously you will get a lot of people which won't say they didn't go to the same schools or they didn't have the correct upbringing that's obviously up to interpretation but you will get a lot of people which are very similar to the Dutch where they'll just obviously try taking advantage you know try abuse the system if they if they can or something like that and that doesn't really go well for them because just like this lady then they're sort of like mob justice where um the whole group will be like, whoa, 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 what you're doing is definitely wrong. You know, it won't be one person looking at it and just being fine. Like, that's what happened with this lady. Yeah, so I think in terms of being direct and personality and stuff like that, obviously, it is something, as you say, that you're working on. Um, I want to say that I don't know if you would have liked me to be more direct with you, obviously. I think if I was like that, I think it wouldn't have worked well because I think with your character, I have to be the opposite. So I have to be accepting in a sort of sense and a lot more understanding as well. It's yin and yang. How we are both stubborn, I don't know how that still works. I think in the sense of us being both stubborn, I just eventually become more stubborn than you. And then my stubbornness wins. <laughs> but there are sometimes I'm just like, hey, you're being stubborn for no reason. So um, not that I do it intentionally, but it's one of those things. If there are a few things is. I think there's a way of being direct in the right manner, in my sense. There's a way of being direct in a respectful manner as well. There's a way of saying what you want, what you want and what you want to get and how you want to approach things in a respectful manner. One thing I do not like, and that's with anyone, is someone not forcing it, forcing it, but in a tone where it's giving me instruction, especially if it's not like a superior to me that I have a problem with. So if someone says something direct, like it's a trigger. So that's what I'm saying. Sometimes when you're being direct, it comes across like it's an instruction to me. And I'm like, no. And automatically, like, you know, we in that situation. And we always had that thing on like, watch your tone. And you're like, oh, what did I do? I said this, this, this. But I was like, the tone, it's exactly the same thing. But if you tone it in a different way where it doesn't sound like an instruction, for me, it's a completely different connotation. So there are some times where I can be direct, especially if I'm angry. Or especially if I if, if I've taken it the wrong way, or it came across, or I interpreted it as some sort of instruction. When I'm like, well, I'm not supposed to be getting instructions. I'm supposed to be getting suggestions. 
not instructions. So I guess it's 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 a, it's a mixture of the thing. But yeah, like in terms of this whole new beginning uh, thing and how it is that you're going to step up, like do you feel now that you are in a rhythm of everything that it will take you, let's say, another six months before you feel bored again and you feel like, okay, you need to level up or is it something that you're trying to find opportunities to level up as you keep on going? Like for me, um, something that I should have been doing, I think for me, another thing that added to the whole um, um, situation of podcasting was actually by you going through the old podcasts and publishing them and saying, hey, can you go through, let's say, the descriptions and stuff like that. I was forced to listen to old ones. And that's when I realized, oh, when I have a guest on, I actually enjoy listening to those ones a lot more. Like I didn't listen, re-listen to the in the company. I mean, I listened for, uh, um, what do you call it? I listened to find out if, you know, obviously uh, the editing was done correctly and stuff like that. But I wasn't listening for the sake of saying, hey, is there something I can do better? And obviously now it's one of the things that you go back, you listen to it again, and then you can be like, oh, I must make notes to be like, next time I should do this. Next time I should prepare like this. Next time, like I already know, obviously the first time I've podcasted in this room with this new mic, like that's a good positive, but the negative is obviously opening the windows. And I've had to obviously stop, go close the windows, come back to make sure there's less background noise or find another location, which I can do this. So like, you know, go through the process of rewatching like you did, obviously, like, I, you obviously would be in the past, especially with the old podcast, you would probably be the expert to be like, well, this is where you can improve because you actually went through the whole process of listening to it again. You listen while I did it live and then you listen again while you're doing descriptions and obviously doing the, you know, the, the, the all your SEO um, type of metrics and stuff like that. So you actually know more than me. And that's bad, not, not in a sense because you can't do it, but it's bad on my side to be like, well, I'm only listening to the one type, but then with these ones where I'm, because it's me speaking, I know what I said, I prepared it. I'm fine not to listen to it, you know? And there was a missed opportunity to improve. So in terms of you, let's say, getting better in your YouTube journey now or the filmmaking journey, is it going to be a process of you're just going to keep on doing things to a certain point and then you're going to wait for your sort of natural radar to be like, okay, I'm frustrated with this type, type of stuff? Or are you trying to intentionally do it as you go to say, well, then next one needs to be better these are things i need to improve the next one needs to be better on top of that these are things i need to improve on these are things are going well these are things that i can still obviously um, improve on so i think it's uh, definitely going to be more of a routine to get into so now finally with that you've basically settled down after you know over a month and it it gives much more of a rhythm for both of us. And then it's also easier for me to start a, basically a daily schedule, you know, wake up journal and speak to each other, go to work, come back, uh, spend time together, or maybe even do some more editing. And I think by just continuing to, to journal, to edit, to make videos, that you sort of come in this this learning cycle from you know pre-production production post-production is basically what they are speaking about and it's it's basically the same thing you know you you do preparations you do the thing and afterwards you're going to look back at okay what what can i do better and i think that's the cycle we are both 
entering now, you know, uh, we, we prepare what we want to talk about. It's not like we have a whole conversation before we have a podcast, but we still say like, oh, maybe these are like the topics we're going to chat about. And then we're like, okay, we're fine. Then we have the chat and afterwards we're going to listen to it and we're going to do the descriptions, the tags, the timestamps, you know, you name it and say it. And then you are in this learning circle. And I think when you finally enter that circle and you realize that that is much more efficient and you're going to see, you know, not just the mistakes, but you're going to see where you can improve and you can also see where where you did well and you can do that again and you can use the same sort of techniques, for example, to go through it. So for me, my English isn't great. It's getting better, but I've watched another video and the guy was speaking much more slow than how he would used to speak. So he did an example when he was speaking, not slowly, but at a comfortable pace that it's easy for you to follow. And then he went into a pace where he was speaking very quickly, like he was used to speak. And then you're like, what? <laughs> you know, that was way too quick. And that made me realize that if I want to force myself to speak better, I need to speak more slowly and I need to focus much more on what I want to say and how to pronounce it so it will sound much better. And that's already one thing that, for example, you learn because you look at something, now you're doing it and you realize that it's getting better. And just the fact that you are aware of those things will make you better already. And it doesn't happen overnight. You know, I think the last couple of weeks I've been watching tons of YouTube videos. I don't think I've watched as many YouTube videos as I've had in the last few weeks, but it definitely gave me, a, you know, motivation and a lot of tips and tricks that I can use now. And by doing, you know, this cycle as in, you know, keep on improving yourself, you know, watch watch videos, find out information, then try it and then go over it. I think that's something we we sometimes forget because you just want to push it. You just want to publish it. You want to get it out there in the world. And I think we've both been into this, you know, this, this, this social media loop, basically forcing you to post and not forcing, but forcing yourself to post because you want to continue with the rhythm and everything meanwhile it's much better to publish something when it's ready and when you feel like oh it's adding value not just to yourself but also to the people that are gonna see it or watch it or experience it and I think in the last weeks months that's been our biggest learning curve because yeah, we had the, the, the boss, let's say, you know, to, to change the podcast, the name and everything. And I tried a different direction as in for videos. And yeah, sometimes that's, that, that takes a while. For us, it took, a few, it took a few months or maybe even years. But at the same time, if you are able to do that together and you go through it, you know, it makes it 
you know better because it's not just a journey you're on on yourself you do it together and you improve together i mean that's how i see it and that's how it feels because it's not like you're gonna go improve and i'm just gonna be here and doing all the stuff for you know it's like we go you know we go step by step you know even that we are on the other side of the world we're still trying to you know motivate each other and push and get better and i think if we can do it when we're on the opposite side of the world you know when when that time comes and we we finally close the distance i think not just as a couple we're not able to stop but i think definitely you know everything we will be able to publish will be on a much higher quality and it will be much more enjoyable and not just for us but i think also for you know the listeners or the viewers from our channel and i think that's only a win-win at the end of the day so what else are you maybe most excited about i guess with this new venture new beginning new type of approach to filmmaking um, new resources new inspiration like there's always a new lot of new things like on my side i think if i start like i'm just i'm excited to just experiment with not different ideas i think there was obviously the whole thing of i think brain dump was about obviously things and questions in my mind but if i that was obviously at the time i wasn't sleeping well and it was relevant for that period of time right and then obviously i came to you and i was sleeping perfectly so i don't have things that kept me up at night so like you know then eventually went to leave the company of men but then like you didn't get a feeling and sense that oh now it's only, only male specific and that almost gave me an inspiration to be like okay go male, more male specific but then it was still running away from obviously putting it under my name and obviously like with you and your filmmaking like you've got your tag there you know sim um and it means that you're putting under your name, obviously there's a lot more responsibility, a lot more accountability. But in that sense, you know, you got motivated to sort of say, well, this is the, the next step. And I think for me as well, as I'm saying, going now to make it the Nano OS podcast, it does free me up. I can obviously go in specific niches and stuff like that. But there's also that inspiration to be like, well, now you've got a freedom to talk about a range of things. Like, you know, obviously I was lining certain things up there for the genre, let's say I wasn't, but now it also frees up in a sense to be like, oh, you are open and allowed to talk about different things if it specifically if it interests you. And it's not like, well, why is this actually fitting on the in the company of men podcast? Because that was also some of the things you get generate beautiful ideas, and then all of a sudden you're like, well. Ah, that's not really male specific so now where do i put it and you know that also adds delay and frustration and stuff like that so i think in terms of excitement especially with this new equipment i'm excited one to have my first in-house guest um that will sit down in the podcast will be in the same room we'll be able to record it and actually do everything like you know live like it would really would be because everything that i have done has been virtual i'm excited to obviously use this as uh, a voiceover for some sort of video that we're going to do one day I'm excited, obviously, to, yeah, just just bring a lot different things and go back to a lot more long form. 
and have discussions with a lot of interesting people. Like, you know, obviously I try to somehow keep that by doing the discussions and with Marcel, but it's also now that I'm settled, you know, there'll be a lot more of those discussions where I'll speak to Marcel and uh, a lot of the other guys where we won't really, or there will be some sort of preparation for the topic, but just get a lot more voices and do a lot more long form, um, long form obviously being, you know, a longer version of podcast compared to how it was already in the company. So I'm excited for that, but now in these new beginnings, I guess, as a, a way to end off this episode, what is it that you feel excited for? No, definitely excited to putting all the knowledge you know, into place with all the, yeah, all the videos that I've watched and, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited to, you know, go out there and especially in the next month, I'm going to come visit you. And I, I think we have some ideas to make some really nice videos and just, you know, enjoy our time together and to, you know, live more in the moment. And if you can capture those raw moments that is, that's much more worth than setting up the camera and make the perfect shot. I mean, it's much better in the type of videos that we're going to make to have these raw moments and enjoy the moment. Then don't have a perfect shot. But the thing is, if you are able to tell a story, but the person is basically acting all the time, like in a movie, yes, it's still nice and everything's perfect, but you don't see the real person in that story and if you are able to do that as a filmmaker you are you are different you're you're better than the rest you know and I feel I'm very excited to make stories and it's not just you know uh, about you but because that's you know it's easy you're my partner I know what is special about you I know I can how I can bring you you know in a spotlight but I think it's just a start to to go to bigger projects one day. And yeah, I, I think I'm just really excited, you know, to to leave the cold Netherlands behind. Otherwise, while it, it, it's supposed to be warmer now, but it's still quite chilly. And to just, you know, be there and do life together, I think. Yeah, for me, that's that's something to be really excited about, definitely. Okay, so what's the title of the new video? Where can people find it? Obviously, we'll have to put a link in the description for this one. But what is the new video titled? Um, like, obviously, I think we can't reveal too much about it. You'd want people to obviously go watch it. I think it's, as I've mentioned, some of your best, not some of it is your, your some of your best work. Obviously, there are a lot of components to it, but it's definitely your best video to date. Um, so what is it called? And... Um, yeah, like, um, I think the last question, yeah, before we end is what exactly, which part of the video, what component of the video was the, was your favorite part or you really feel that it really contributed or made the video come alive? So the name of my video is my filmmaking journey, cinematic short film storytelling part one. So I think the... The, the, the start of the video is quite cool. You know, I'm, I'm really taking you back to 2019 to South Africa. And I'm really taking you back to the moment where I started to become, you know, passionate about filmmaking. It wasn't a moment I started to get to know Nana. You know, I started to get to know you. And I think beautiful things happened 
you know, at the school I was teaching physical education and I met the love of my life. So I think I was in the best phase of my life, you know, and to be able to, to get a new passion at that time and to spend time with, you know, the person you love the most, I think that's when beautiful things start. And I think that's why I'm also very passionate about it because it's, it's combined, you know, it's not just a random thing, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's a lot of value to, to myself, you know, because making videos, yeah, it's great. Everyone can make videos, but it was to literally document for school. But I realized that I wanted to look back at the things we did together and how to do it. The easiest is to put everything together. And that's why I think filmmaking has like a special place in my heart, you know, because of the mixture of things that happened there. Okay, so obviously it's not going to be the last time you're ever going to be on here. There's going to be a lot more where you'll be a co-host and jump in and stuff like that, especially as I've mentioned some of the things that you have planned in the future. But thanks very much for coming. <laughs> I don't think you had much of a choice. I roped you into it and um, hopefully you Yeah, I mind. didn't really have a choice at all really, but it's fine. Hopefully you didn't mind. <laughs> no. Okay.